Boy, Writing Home At St. Peter's, Sunday morning was letter writing time. At nine o'clock, the whole school had to go to their desks and spend one hour writing a letter home to their parents. At 10.15, we put on our caps and coats and formed up outside the school in a long crocodile and marched a couple of miles down into Weston Supermare for church, and we didn't get back until lunchtime. Church going never became a habit with me. Letter writing did. Here's one of the very first letters I wrote home from St. Peter's. From that very first Sunday at St. Peter's until the day my mom died 32 years later, I wrote to her once a week, sometimes more often. Whenever I was away from home, I wrote to her every week from St. Peter's. I had to, and every week from my next school, Repton, and every week from Dar es Salaam in East Africa, where I went on my first job after leaving school, and then every week during the war from Kenya and Iraq and Egypt when I was flying with the RAF. My mother, for her part, kept every one of these letters, binding them carefully in neat bundles with green tape, but this was her own secret. She never told me she was doing it. In 1957, when she was, knew she was dying, I was in hospital in Oxford having a serious operation on my spine, and I was unable to write to her. So she had a telephone specially installed beside her bed in order that she might have one last conversation with me. She didn't tell me she was dying, nor did anyone else for that matter, because I was in a fairly serious condition myself at the time. She simply asked me how I was and hoped I would get better soon and sent me her love. I had no idea that she would die the next day, but she knew all right, and she wanted to reach out and speak to me for the last time. When I recovered and went home, I was given this vast collection of my letters, all so neatly bound with green tape, more than 600 of them together, all together, dating from 1925 to 1945, each one in its original envelope with the old stamps still on them. I am awfully lucky to have something like this to refer to in my old age. Letter writing was a serious business at St. Peter's. It was as much a lesson in spelling and punctuation as anything else because the headmaster would patrol the classrooms all through the sessions, peering over our shoulders to read what we were writing and to point out our mistakes. But that, I am quite sure, was not the main reason for this interest. He was there to make sure that we said nothing horrid about his school. There was no way, therefore, that we could ever complain to our parents about anything during term time. If we thought the food was lousy or if we hated a certain master or if we'd been thrashed for something we did not do, we never dared to say so in our letters. In fact, we often went the other way. In order to please that dangerous headmaster who was leaning over our shoulders and reading what we had written, we would say splendid things about the school and go on about how lovely the masters were. Mind you, the headmaster was a clever fellow. He did not want our parents to think that those letters of ours were censored in this way and therefore he never allowed us to correct a spelling mistake in the letter itself. If, for example, I had written last Tuesday night, spelled with a K, we had a lecture, he would say, don't you know how to spell night? Y yes, sir, K-N-I-G-H-T. That's the other kind of night, you idiot. W which kind, sir, I, I don't understand. The one in shining armor, the man on horseback. How do you spell Tuesday night? with an N. I, I, I'm not quite sure, sir. It's N-I-G-H-T, boy. N-I-G-H-T. Stand, stay in and write it out for me 50 times this afternoon. No, no, don't change it in the letter. You don't want to make it any messier than it is. It must go on as it wrote it.
Thus, the unsuspecting parents received in this subtle way the impression that your letter had never been seen or censored or corrected by anyone.